here to music, you know the show. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And uh, what matters to me? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, the National Football League is, is a dangerous place to work. I uh, just want to reemphasize that, that regardless of what position you play, there's always a chance that any and everybody uh, can be hurt. We found that out uh, this week with uh, Aaron Rodgers added to the list of so-called stars. I think any and everybody who makes it to the National Football League should be considered a star in that profession. But there are some people that they highlight a little more than others. And uh, Aaron was one that took it on the shoulder, if you will, this week. But um, uh, those things happen. And, uh, you know, he was a little upset. Of course, his coach was a little upset. Um, but uh, it comes with the territory. You, sh- you should expect it. But but I'm a little excited because there's a, a young man that I met years ago when I first moved out to Arizona, Brett Huntley, is going to get opportunities to step in and play. And uh, it's one of those situations where you've you got to be ready when your number's called. And uh, I certainly uh, think that um, Brett is going to be ready. So got my man Will calling in. I think Will's on the line there with me now. Will, are you there? Yes, sir. How's it going, Ray? Good, good. How's everything out in the OH? I, oh, you know how it is. It's everything is great, man. It's uh, <laughs> it's the middle of October and it's still sixty-five degrees. It's a little chilly in the mornings now, but I, I can't complain. All this what 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 a time to be a sports fan, and, and everything's in season right now. I mean, well, NFL, I, 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 I believe that that's a, a good sports city, isn't it? Uh, you know, unlike uh, what uh, Kyrie said about. Uh, Cleveland, well, what he said about Boston, I guess he was insinuating that, that uh, Cleveland was not. We certainly know Columbus is a great sports city, so uh, good to know the weather's just right for, for football there. Um, so uh, no, you said I don't think too many people complaining about who? the 60-degree temperature right now. No, no, not at all. Not right. You said who said something about sports uh, cities? Kyrie, you know, Kyrie had a little bit to say about, uh, you know, about Cleveland and, and uh, you know, throwing a shout, you know, a little shade towards Cleveland and, and acknowledging that he thought he was happy to be in a, in a sports city. Un- a unfamiliar, sports with who, unfamiliar with who that is. Unfamiliar with who that is. Kyrie Irving? Um, no way you can be. No. <laughs> uh, perhaps, maybe, uh, uh, perhaps maybe I need to speak up a little bit. Um, I do uh, apologize to those of you out there. I'm actually no, doing the show today from my home office, but um, uh, that's how we do. We can do that at, uh, at Voice America. So anyway, yeah, let, let, let's, uh, we, we, we're going to give Kyrie a little bit of time, but, uh, and the reason why we're going to do that is because, of course, it's, uh, uh, it, it's time for, for basketball, my first love. But before we do that, let, let, let's talk a little bit. I did want to start off the show because there were a couple of things that uh, – that are very interesting that are happening, and that happened last week. Uh, one of we got to give Big Ben some credit because, uh, you know, after uh, you know him having probably the worst day of his career, I'm sure it was the five interceptions. Big Ben was able to get it done, and uh, we don't have an undefeated Kansas City Chiefs team any longer. Uh, what did you think about that, Will? Ben got it done. Uh, the face mask of the defensive back got it done. I mean, I, yeah, that, thing, I mean <laughs> yeah, you know how that goes. I mean, 
I mean, Ben Ben Roethlisberger, he is he is what he is. I mean, he's great great talent. You know, no question about it. Take nothing away from him, but I mean, this is an ongoing thing. I don't have you know, it went from I don't have it. Before that, it was I think I want to retire. And you know, as a former player, as, as a player yourself, once you begin to even think about retiring, you're pretty much retired. So for right. him to say those things and to come out and I mean, I, I don't know where where he is right now, but the, the Steelers did. I, I give it, I give credit to uh, that defense. That defense. Well, I'm gonna give credit also to AB. AB, uh, tremendous concentration yes. on the ball. That been through. There should have been another interception. Uh, sure. And it wasn't, and bounced off uh, KC's defensive back, and uh, and AB paying attention and focusing on the ball was able to make a great catch and um, you know take it the rest of the distance. Um, but but you're right about that. Um, there, there were some other plays that attributed to the success of the win as as much as um, as Ben. So um, don't want to give him all the credit. Uh, you're you're right, right about that. Le'Veon Bell, I think 175 yards. I think it was the first time that Le'Veon Bell went over 170 yards rushing and also uh, Antonio Brown went over 100 yards receiving in the same game. So, right. you know, well, you know, Le'Veon has, uh, you know, uh, he, he's come up with a style of running uh, that I, I'd have to say that I haven't seen it since, and I'm old enough to have seen this person play, end up being a Hall of Famer. It's Franco Harris. I, you know, I, I'm surprised there's no, there's not a, a lot of comparison to the two. Uh, the, many times uh, I, I hear some of the talking heads, you know, discuss Le'Veon's style, but they never, you know, make the, you know, comparison or a parallel to him and, and the way Franco did it. Very, Franco was very patient in the way he ran. He wasn't the fastest guy in the world. He, he probably was the biggest running back at that time. Uh, but he certainly wasn't the fastest guy, but he was very patient, uh, got snuggled up behind his blockers, you know, let them make the blocks, let the holes open up, and uh, and, and then he could push the accelerator, you know. And uh, Le'Veon has a style like that. If it's, if you could ever catch some highlights, you, you would see that it's kind of a throwback to the Franco Harris days. No, I agree, and, and I, I can see that comparison that uh... – He's a very patient runner. He very, very much so waits on his uh, blocking to develop and the holes open up uh, without forcing it. And, and you're right, that is a, a very, very reminiscent of uh, Frank Harris. Yes, yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, that and and, and Frank Harris and the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, it, the Steelers this year um, not looking much like those Steelers of, of old days, uh, but still in still in the hunt and in their division in the AFC still in the hunt, uh, probably still the favorites to win the division. Uh, certainly we don't have to, um, and I've been hard on the Browns, but there's reason to be, but certainly don't um, see, even though the Browns played them pretty tough, um, don't expect them to have any problems. I think the Steelers should still win the division. Are, are you hanging in there with them? You think they should still win the division? Uh, yeah, that division, I mean, that's pretty much a, a done deal. I mean, it's them and, and Baltimore, and I believe they have a, a win already by head-to-head versus the Ravens. So at this point, you know, they they did beat the Ravens week four, 26-9. So essentially a game lead, two-game lead uh, already in the division. I think you pretty much can sew that lead, sew that division up for the Steelers and that 
they can, you know, as long as they can maintain what they've done up until this point, pretty much uh, prepare themselves for a uh, another playoff appearance under Mike under Mike Tomlin. Yeah, and I I think that'll just uh, add to the success that that the Mike has had, and uh, you know, just be another star on his resume. Uh, not that I think I I just don't think the division is is just that good, you know. Uh, at the start of the season, uh, I could very easily see uh, that the Steelers could be playing uh, or would have been playing uh, the Patriots in the AFC Championship game, uh, at least on paper going into the season. That's what it looked like for the Steelers with, with all the weapons that they had. But uh, now uh, it could it could still end up being that way, but certainly uh, – uh, it was it was a tough game last night for uh, Tennessee Titans, uh, but but I could see them uh, perhaps maybe making a little noise um, if Mariota is able to stay healthy. Um, mm-hmm. They had they had three hit those three headed running backs did a great job last night for them, uh, but it's still early. You you, you never know who, what what might happen. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think I want to give up on the Chiefs. I, I still think the Chiefs. Um. Uh, maybe, maybe they just somehow were. They they thought the Steelers of old was showing up, and uh, were going to be that dominant. So they just you know gave up. I, I I thought the Chiefs would play a much better game than they did. Um, you know, losing against the Steelers, but things. Happen. Well, here's the thing with the Chiefs. Here's the thing with the Chiefs. The uh, I believe they're seventeen and three against everyone else besides the Steelers over the last two seasons. But against mm-hmm. the Steelers, they're zero and three. So it's just a situation where you know every a team has their number. You know the Steelers, for whatever reason, have the number of the Chiefs. You know, just like you know it, it, it happens. So if they can find a way to avoid the Steelers in the playoffs, I very much would give Kansas City a shot. And uh, Andy Reid, I mean, I think he got you know I don't think enough uh, credit is given to Andy Reid and enough. Uh, it's said about him. He got ran out of Philly, and because he couldn't win, but he only went to five NFC Championship games and one Super Bowl. But that wasn't enough for uh, you know, as you well know, the the city and the fans of Philadelphia. So they ran him out. He goes to Kansas City, and all he's doing is you know, turn Alex Smith uh, the the off the, the the trash heap, if you will. When uh, Colin Kaepernick took over the job in San Francisco, they jettisoned. Uh, Alex Smith to Kansas City, and he's taken him, and he's done nothing but become successful. So I don't think. Andy yeah, I Reed think I, I agree with you on the Andy Reid, with the exception. I, I think that uh, I don't really believe that we ran him out of Philadelphia, and I said we obviously, you know me, uh, you know, spending time there and actually um, being in the city. And uh, Andy was there before I left. I left 2006, and I, I forget exactly the year that Andy left. But uh, uh, there was some adversity that Andy also was dealing with that I think uh, he, he wanted a change in life. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you remember this, Will, but Andy actually lost a son um, yeah. there in, in Philadelphia during training camp. Uh, and it was a situation where I think he needed a change of scenery and uh, for the family. And, and I, think that, I think that worked out well for him. But, but I, I certainly think he's, he's, he's a, a, a great coach. I believe that... Um, I think people around the league respect him as being the, uh, the great coach that he is. 
He just hasn't won a Super Bowl. I think they believe that he can win a Super Bowl. Um, but with, with the, uh, with the thing with the Pittsburgh Steelers, for a while there, that happened years ago. I'm going way back. Um, but there was a time when I, when I played for the Browns, I came in and they had never beat the Steelers at Three River Stadium ever. And I remember my first year there, uh, we played them there and, and we won. Uh, but, you know, during the week, I remember having conversations with the reporters that I had been at Three River Stadium as a kid when it was first built. And, um, you know, of course, you know, supporting the Browns, hoping that they would beat the team from the, the other state. I really didn't. That jinx and all that stuff they talked about, it didn't mean anything to me. I was just going to go out and play. So, uh, okay. So I'll tell you what, we've got to take a break. We're going to come back and listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, you hear the music, you know the show, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters to me is that, uh, you know, this, this is a tough game. The National Football League is a tough game, and uh, you play the game, you, you may end up getting hurt. And uh, what I'm talking about, in case you, you're not woke, uh, Aaron Rodgers, of course, has, uh, was injured on Sunday. Uh, chances are he may be gone for the season. Uh, well, you, I'm sure you, if you didn't see it live, you probably saw some highlights of it. Um, it looked to me, too, like he tried to brace his fall. He put his arm out. But, you know, that probably has happened to him thousands of times since he's been playing and never got hurt. So I, I didn't really understand. I thought maybe Coach went for the dirty hit response in the press conference. 
did you think it was a clean hit as you saw it? I did. He, it was a step. He threw the ball. Uh, Anthony Barr was the linebacker that hit him. He took a step, and he wrapped him up. And, he, and you're right. And I was going to mention this as well. He appeared to put his arm down to brace himself, and then he picked it up. And then mm. his shoulder took the full brunt of, uh, uh, of the hit. But as a quarterback, and, as, and I know uh, recently having a conversation uh, with a parent as far as uh, son playing quarterback, you're taught to roll. You're taught to roll. And so he took the hit, and I don't see that he attempted to roll, and his shoulder took the full brunt of the hit and, and subsequently uh, broke his collarbone. But, no, I don't, I don't think the hit. Was was dirty, malicious, at all? I, you know, I I feel like, and 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 you know, my mantra, you know, it's like, um, you know, you want to hurt them, but you don't want to injure them, and um, you want them to feel some pain. So, as a defensive player, I'm all for, you know, a little pain, you know, in a tackle, but you certainly don't want to. You know injuries and and uh, surgeries and things like that. I, no, I'm not. I'm not for that. But you, you you know you go in to get a quarterback. You're supposed to get whenever you can get a hit on a quarterback. You you want to get a hit on a quarterback. And right. again, I don't think the intent was to cause injury, but it was to bring a little pain because the next time uh, you know he drops back, you know we want that clock to be going off in his head, and he's got to think about getting rid of the ball a little early instead of holding on to it. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys, uh, you know, he takes full advantage of, of his athletic ability to move around the pocket and escape when he can to extend the play, to give the receivers a little bit more time to get open. So whenever you can get your hands on him as a defensive lineman or a linebacker, you're going to do the best you can. And, uh, no, I do not think uh, the intent was to injure him. Uh, but certainly that comes with the game. And uh, it's, it's one of those things that I said a little earlier you know, next man up, and uh, that brings me to uh, something I want to talk about. Next man up is, I said, this young man from out here in um, Chandler, Arizona, Brett Huntley, um, who also is a product of UCLA, who um, has been under the tutelage now of Coach and Aaron, is going to get a chance to play. What, what do you expect to see out of Brett? Uh, Brett Huntley is a young guy, and I haven't seen a lot of him so uh, his uh, his game on on Sunday, uh, he he was interesting. He said in post game he didn't take one snap all week as the backup. Everything went to Aaron, so I mean he did well. But I think with a full week of practice and him knowing uh, that he's the guy, I think you know. And, and then conversely, the there not being a lot of film on him for the. Uh, next opponent to, to view and to actually uh, study up and, and get it and get a bead on him, I think this first weekend he's going to do well. Yeah, I think one thing about it for sure with Brett, um, you know, his response is it should have been a, no, that's a normal response. <clears throat> that's just something that does not happen in the National Football League. Backup quarterbacks don't traditionally get reps during the week when your starting quarterback is healthy. Unless the quarterback is, is banged up a little bit and uh, he needs some rest, that that just does not happen. And I believe they play uh, New Orleans this week, so 
it should be a tall tale to see, you know, what he can do against that defense. That defense has been struggling. And New Orleans a little bit. And, you know, of course, on the other side, he's going up against uh, Drew Brees, probably one of the, you know, top ten quarterbacks of all time. So, you know, it remains to be seen, you know, what, uh, what actually uh, will, he will face on Sunday. But as I was saying, uh, Brett's response about being um, – not taking any reps during the week, that's just norm for NFL quarterbacks. Unless the starter is, uh, for some reason, needs some rest, uh, the backup normally doesn't get any reps. He basically is the scout team's quarterback, and he runs the uh, plays for the other opposing team against the defense. Uh, but he is um, expected and required to watch film, understand the game plan, and be ready when it's time to get in. Now, Brett... I think this is his third year or fourth. I think it's his third year, maybe fourth year, right. but certainly he's got uh, two or three years under his belt. So he, he knows the playbook. He's had um, some game experience, a little, but some. Uh, he's had certainly had preseason experience where he gets a chance to get in and play against NFL caliber uh, competition as opposed to, you know, what he's playing against the UCLA. Uh, and he, he's a, a very intelligent young man. So I expect him to right. go in. And he's not Aaron Rodgers by any you know, stretch of the imagination. But in terms of preparation, um, I think the only thing that the other teams will have to worry about in terms of their preparation, or what they will not have to worry about, is Brett is athletic. Um, but, you know, I'm not sure that on the move, his, his passing will be as precise as Brett's, I'm sorry, as um, Aaron will have been. Uh, when Aaron was on the run, Aaron on the move outside the pocket um, was still very accurate in his passing. Uh, I'm not sure if, if, if Brett has mastered that yet or will be as successful as Aaron Rodgers. We're not going to see the next coming of Aaron Rodgers, uh, but certainly we're going to see a very good football player and a, and a, and a, and a, a player who has some potential um, stepping in uh, as Aaron's down. So what, what do you think? Do you, do you think that uh, it's going to be that much of a drop-off that they won't make the playoffs, Will? You know what? It's all about the, the, the 53 in their locker room. Um, number one, how, how does losing your franchise leader, one of the faces of the franchise, how do you respond? I mean, you know, his life is 10%. What happens 90%? How do you respond? You know, do, did they have the talent? Outside of of Aaron Rodgers to make the playoffs, it's a tall task. Honestly, to if, to to answer your question, I don't think they make the playoffs without Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't know that. Um, you know, as I'm sure Brent Hundley is a a great great kid, a great quarterback, and Mike McCarthy is showing a tremendous uh, amount of confidence in him by stating that I'm going with my guy. They're not. My understanding, they're not bringing another quarterback in. There was rumors. Uh, Tony Romo was consternated. Yeah, you got to feel good uh, about possibly. it. You, you, you got to feel good about that. When a coach shows that much confidence in you and says, you know, hey, I've got three years in this guy. I've been working with this guy for three years. I feel very comfortable. That, that you know, that's a pat on the back for Brett, certainly, going in. Exactly. Exactly. So, but uh, that being said, I don't know if that's enough for the, the playoffs. I don't know if that. The playoffs in the NFC, that's a, a tall task in and of itself. I mean, you saw, you know, Green Bay beat the Giants last year in the uh, playoffs, but that was with Aaron Rodgers. You know, without 
Aaron Rodgers? No, I don't. I don't know that this team makes the playoffs at all. Well, certainly. Let me let me let me say this. Let me ask you to think about this. Uh, Detroit's three and three. Chicago's two and four. Minnesota, who's at, at you know, they're actually tied with Green Bay, both at four and two. Yep. And um, you know, we just finished you know the, the first quarter of, of the season, if you will. So we're we're six games into a sixteen game season, and certainly I. You know, I think certainly the the Packers. I think that you know the Bears are, are beatable. I think uh, you know Minnesota may give them some trouble, but you know Minnesota's got some issues they may have to deal with here right, lately. You know, uh, they have a situation where they uh, uh, have some players that are um, you know that are hurt. Quarterback, they got issues at the quarterback position. So uh, that, that's, that's going to be a tough thing for the Vikings. They're not guaranteed that, uh, that they're going to hold on to it. But I think Green Bay can compete in, in, in that division. I really do. Well, no, I, I agree they can compete. But as you said, I mean, looking at the standings right now, Minnesota, Green Bay tied at 4-2. Minnesota does have the uh, one-game lead up because they did win uh, this Sunday. So, but looking at their schedule, uh, Minnesota, that is, they have the Ravens this week, and then um, they go to London for a bye week. No, they actually play the Browns in London after that. And uh, after then, they're bye, and they play the Redskins, the Rams, and the Lions. So, I mean, their schedule, looking at it on paper, you know, they have the Bengals later on, they have the Packers again, they have the Bears again. So that division is pretty much there for the taking. And uh, as you said, Minnesota, yes, they have had some uh, quarterback issues themselves. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is uh, coming off the uh, PUP list. And, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, what do you think about uh, Teddy trying to make a comeback this year? Uh, it seems like that's a very serious injury that he has. And uh, yeah. I believe they have the option to hold him on on the pup list for a few extra weeks and then decide if he's going to be out for the rest of the year. I, I see no reason. It seems like there's more talk about bringing him back um, than uh, I think should be, only because I think he's, 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 he's Andrew Luck. They're, he's, they're being very patient with Andrew Luck's shoulder, but it seems like they're trying to push Teddy back on the field. Well, again, um, not knowing the severity. Well, I will take that back. I do know what I've heard as far as the severity of, of Teddy's injury. Now, and you got the time frame. Andrew Luck had his surgery in January of this year, so he's nine, ten months out. Teddy Bridgewater had his surgery last August, so he's more than a year out. And, you know, we're talking the knee versus the shoulder. You know, again, not, you know, playing uh, radio host doctor, but at the same time, you know, I. I mean, we we discussed the the situation as far as team doctors, whose best interest do they truly have in mind? Yeah. But you know, in this instance, um, again, as you said, it's not a certainty that he's going to be activated to play on the active roster. This is just right. giving him three weeks to practice, and they will allow him, you know, to get reacclimated, practice, get back into a, a full flow of a of a season in a week. Yeah. And then make the determination: Is he going to, you know, be placed on the active roster, or is he going to remain on the uh, on the inactive list for the entire season? So it's just a shot. But Case Keenum, I mean, we've talked about 
Teddy Bridgewater, you know, and, and uh, Sam Bradford has, has had his issues. But, I mean, you know, give credit to Case Keenum. He's come in and, and played extremely, extremely yeah, he, well. He, he has done a great job. We're going to take a break right there. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Will Gibson on with me, and we'll be right back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Who do you feel the most important person is on a sports team? Is it the captain, the star player, or the fan? While it could truly be any of these individuals, more often than not, it's the coach. Listen for A Coach's Spirit with hosts Blake Rockwell and Kendall Allen. A Coach's Spirit offers a look into the human side of coaching and a chance to learn from some of the most impactful leaders in the game. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me is the NFL is a big boy game, and uh, chances are you might get hurt. I happened to uh, Aaron Rodgers this past weekend. It's just turned things uh, upside down in the NFC, and we're talking a little bit about some, some quarterbacks and Minnesota Vikings, but certainly uh, looking at that NFC conference division, uh, there is certainly a quarterback doing well over there. Uh, in the city of brotherly love, and uh, that's Winston. And the Philadelphia Eagles are, are doing really well and had a great game last Thursday night against Cam. Uh, what did you think about the Eagles, Will? Uh, they looked very well. I mean, Carson Wentz. I mean, not to not to continue to to give it to your Browns, but that was a guy who they had the opportunity to pick, trade it down. Said he was the top twenty quarterback on their board, and now he's four and one, leading the NFC East. Where and we we won't continue to to, to belabor the Browns, but um, I mean Carson Wentz, he's phenomenal. Second year, I mean he started out a, a little uh, rough early in his career, actually ironically enough against the Browns, but since then he's been playing lights out, and uh, he's doing exactly what you expect from. 
uh, your young quarterback, Doug Peterson, has him in his offense, and he's, he's playing lights out. No, I think uh, I think he's uh, playing extremely well. Um, he's a quarterback that has a tremendous amount of uh, upside, very talented, athletic, um, handles the huddle well, goes to the line of scrimmage, goes through his reads, uh, and throws a good ball. Um, throws a good ball, and I, I, I think the Eagles are in, in a good position to uh, to win the NFC East. I think when the season started, I think uh, myself, like most people, um, had pretty much, um, I would say, given that to either the Giants or the Cowboys. Um, the Giants, which we'll talk about a little bit later, of course, we know what's happening with them. Uh, the Cowboys... Um, it looks like they're going to have to play without Zeke, so they're they're going to be in a lot of they're going to be in a lot of trouble. Uh, don't think yeah. he's going to be their their running back. Uh, but the Philadelphia Eagles uh, look good, and I think they look good in all aspects, you know, offense, defense, uh, even special teams is um, playing well for them. So I I think um, if the Eagles continue to play the way they're playing, um, and I think both sides of the ball are playing well. I think they can. Um, I think they perhaps maybe can pull it off, you know. Um, so, so we'll see. I mean, they got a, a good offensive line. They got a good, very good defensive line. Um, good secondary. I, I don't really see where there's uh, a need for any any upgrade. I, I think they got the, the receivers are playing well, catching the ball, making plays afterwards too. Uh, I think there's. Um, I think there's there's certainly the surprise of that of that division. I, I don't think I think people expect them to be competitive, but I think they've exceeded at this point. They've exceeded what we expected. I mean, they uh, are now five and one, sitting up top of the division, two game lead over the Washington Redskins. So I, I think they're they're doing pretty good. Um, any surprises on your part with the Eagles? The expectations coming into this season? Yeah, um, actually, no. In in that respect, looking at their schedule, I mean, they probably won it. They're always losses to the Chiefs. We talked about the Chiefs earlier and Andy Reid, um, and how he has that team rolling. But I mean, I, I thought it may have been a bit early for the expectation of the Eagles, but you only can play who's on your schedule. And right now, the schedule, you know, I think Bill Parcells said that you are what your record says you are. They're five and one right now, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that that's what we got to give them credit for. That they can only they can only uh, play who's on their schedule, and 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 the record shows who they are. And um, but in this case, unlike what Coach says, I don't think they are who we thought they were. You know, I I didn't think we really thought they would be that good. So speaking of Coach um, Denny, God bless him. I think this is the anniversary of his passing uh, this year. I think it was been ooh maybe close to seventeen. No, I'm sorry, eleven years. I think he passed away. Eleven. Yeah, it was yeah eleven. I think it was, yeah, eleven years. But uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Denny's old team out here in Arizona. Uh, Adrian Peterson is uh, taking a seat here in the desert. Uh, except he didn't come here to retire. He came here to make a no. point. He he made a very good point that he still got something left in the tank. Uh, I think Adrian, you know, uh, runs a little bit, uh, well, 
I, I would I should should do it just in reverse. But certainly what we see out of the kid in, in Pittsburgh, we see a little bit out of Adrian being a very patient runner. But uh, Adrian does have another gear. And Adrian, is, in my opinion, is probably the toughest running back in the National Football League. I think Adrian runs with anger. Um, he's an angry football player. He plays football very angry. And he likes to dish out the punishment instead of taking it. And... Um, I think he still has some some football in him, and he and he showed it just this past week. What'd you think? I mean, had a hundred plus yards, um, and he certainly gave life to what they needed here in Arizona. Is because of the fact that uh, you know Kent, you know Larry Fitzgerald is a great ball player. You know, I love him. I talk about it every week. I talk about his age, and uh, he needs some help. And Adrian, I think. Um, certainly that uh, Larry went over and, and, and picked him up off the ground and hugged him when he scored. First person over there to do that. I think he, he welcomed um, all day being here in town to, to give him a little lift. What do you think about those two and, and them coming together? Here in the oh, desert? without question. Um, before I say that, though, let me fix something I said earlier about uh, Denny Green. He got passed last July. Yesterday, October 16th, was 11th the 11th anniversary of uh, his famous speech, You Are, We Are What They Thought We Would. They oh, all yeah. okay. Them off the hook. Yeah, yesterday was the 11th anniversary of, of that, I think it was uh, Monday Night Football against the uh, Bears. That's exactly uh, Chicago Bears. Bears, that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. so it was the 11th anniversary yesterday of that, of that famous tirade. But um, Adrian Peterson, I mean, <laughs> guess who's back? I mean, they... they I mean, week one, you saw him walking the sidelines in New Orleans, you know, having a conversation. You know, they both downplayed, so I don't, I don't, I don't want to say it's any more than what they've said. But he and Sean Payton having a discussion, a conversation on the sidelines about his utilization, and you know, and I, I thought uh, he would have gotten more use in that game, seeing that they were back in Minnesota. But uh, for whatever reason, he, he didn't get the calls and. You know, and they have a young tandem as well in, in New Orleans with Kamara and Mark Ingram, so it seems to be a little expendable. So everybody kind of thought, you know, that is this it for AP? Is, you know, is, is this the end? And just you know, let everybody know. I, I certainly think that when he was in New Orleans, I will say this: I, I think that the production of the running backs that they had there, the, the two young guys, you, you saw. Uh, I think they accelerated a little faster than Adrian did, and and they looked a little quicker when they were in in the game. And um, I, I think that's probably what what Sean was going with. Um, certainly, he uh, a former ball player himself, although a scab. I'm going to say that because he crossed the picket lines when we were on strike back, and uh, I was there in Cleveland. Uh, he wasn't with the Browns, but he he, he was one of those scab players that, that came in when the uh, the guys who had made the team, when we decided to, uh, well, when they locked us out, they, they brought in some scab players, and Sean was a scab quarterback. But anyway, let me just say this, moving on, um, I uh, certainly believe that he is well aware of uh, a player who has been released uh, from a team and gets a chance to go back and play in that environment, that player wants to perform well 
um, there's some incentive there for that player to perform well. He wants to show his friends, family, and fans that he still has it. He still can play. And, um, and, and the majority of times, if it's a good player like Adrian, they, they, they want him to do well, but they don't want his team to win the game, but they want to see him do well. And I'm sure he, he was motivated to do that, to put on a performance. Uh, he probably needed more carries. He certainly wanted more carries. And I'm sure that was a discussion he was certainly having with Sean, even if Sean wasn't having it. And uh, that was a discussion he was having with him that he, he wanted to be in the game. He wanted to play a little bit more. But um, it didn't happen. But he certainly got a chance to prove to them by uh, coming in here with theirs on the Cardinals and, you know, having an excellent game. And I think he's going to have more of those games like he had last week. And I'm looking forward to uh, seeing him perform well and certainly wish him the best. Now, let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, there's uh, another team out there that uh, – a lot of people expected them to play a lot better than they had been playing, uh, but almost had given up on them and didn't expect them to play as well as they did against the, uh, against the Broncos. Now, that, was, that was the Giants. The Giants certainly surprised us. Uh, I didn't expect them to win. As a matter of fact, I, I picked them to lose. Sure. Sure. So, uh, um, so uh, thinking about that one, the, the Giants, and I think we've got about a minute. We're going to take a break, so we'll make a couple quick comments, then we'll 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 come back. But uh, did you, you you expect the Giants to to make any noise against Denver? Well, did I expect to make some noise against Denver? Um, no, no, I think that just delayed the inevitable. I mean, I don't I don't know uh, that. Now you may get a brief reprieve, Ben McAdoo. That is uh, as far as Keith staying in town, keeping his job due to all the injuries. But 0 and six, one and five, is it is it really that big of a difference? I don't I don't think, I don't expect much from the Giants uh, going forward the remainder of the year. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, I don't think that win that you know that win just basically affirms the belief that uh, is you know repeated throughout the world about National Football League is on any given Sunday, you know anybody can win. So. Uh, I think that's what happened. This was one of those Sundays where the Giants, you know, just so happened everything was clicking and they won. But I don't think, I now think they, you know, flipped the switch and now they're going to, you know, challenge the Eagles or or maybe the Cowboys for the NFC East and go into the playoffs. No, I don't think, I think that ship has sailed. So I'm going to agree with you on that one. But uh, certainly they did play a good game. But we're going to take a break and then, we're going to come back. You can listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll take a break and come right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And what matters to me is that it's a tough game out there. Uh, as we saw, Aaron Rodgers uh, was injured. Uh, we've got three high-profile guys that are out. Of course, we know J.J. Watt is, is gone for the season. We know Odell Beckham is um, going to be out for a period of time. And now we've lost uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but for me, that that wasn't the... Um, probably of all the things that I've saw, I was able to see this year, Odell Beckham was a, a, an ugly injury. But uh, the Washington Redskins was playing this weekend, and Deontay Nicholson uh, wears a number that I favor, number 24, uh, attempted to make a tackle and um, just did not use the right, uh, was not in the right position at the right time. Um, his head was contacted, um, maybe a thigh or a knee, but he laid on the ground and his body had a twitching movement to it that just really just sent chills through my entire body. Uh, it was something that I really had never seen anything like that. Uh, it's very gruesome. It's probably on the Internet out there. If you were to Google it, anybody who's listening, if you want to see it again, uh, the name is uh, Deontay Nicholson, Washington Redskins, 24. Um, just ugly. But but my problem is that um, he was allowed to, after sitting out for a period of time, to return to the game. And we always want to discuss player safety and, you know, looking out for the best interest of the player and not necessarily his team. I just found it so surprising that maybe 30 minutes on – uh, you know, on your watch, not the game clock, but he was uh, able to return to play. And I'm just always so concerned about that. Well, I don't know if you got a chance to see that as of yet, but it, it, it's uh, it's frightening to see that and, and to know that it's a league that has said that they're concerned about player safety and to let a player return back to play after seeing that. And, and I'm wondering... Because there's so many times, as a matter of fact, on the Big Boy Challenge today, earlier today, they were talking about some things, whereas when you see contact with players, sometimes uh, they may not even be penalties, but it's just the visual that causes a ref sometimes to throw a flag. And in this particular case, this person was on defense, so it's hard when you're making a tackle, it's hard to throw a flag uh, because, again, uh, he was trying to tackle a runner. But did you get a chance to see that at all, Will? I have seen it. And um, 
be honest with you, man, it's uh, chilling to be perfectly honest with you. This yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, you would think, and and to think that they put him back in the game, they let him and, play and later in the game. To to make it more chilling, if if you will, there was a second touch hit in, in in three weeks because on Monday Night Football when they played the Chiefs, he uh, made a hit on the sideline and uh, same almost identical play, and he's laid out face first on the sideline. So that's oh, wow. That, that, that's, so, so we'll see, with that kind of history, with that kind of history, I, I would say there's some negligence there on the medical staff, uh, and there should be a, a public outcry about that. Anybody who sees that, if you just see that, I didn't see the one you talked about before, but if you would just see that one, I mean, I think that should go viral. And there's no way in the world, as violently as his body is moving, I don't care if he did pass all your concussion protocol and all that other stuff, you know there was some serious nerve damage that was done. There was a re- his body had a reaction to that contact that he should have never been back on that football field. For, I'm going to say for that game, certainly maybe for a couple games. It was that shocking. The visual was that shocking. Will you agree with me on that? You you have to take the helmet at that point. I mean, let alone what happened. Well, you know, it's you know, and I don't mean to laugh about that, but it's ironic that you would say that because you noticed that the hel- his helmet came off and popped into one of his teammates' hands. One of his teammates exactly. captured his his helmet for him. It didn't even hit the ground; it flew up in the air. You're right. And um, so, I, no, I'm just I'm just so I'm just so concerned for athletes that are put in a position like that. Whereas every your coach saw what happened to you, and a lot of times it's, it's the coach that might make that decision because a coach, whenever one of the coach's players go down, I don't care if you're you special teams, you got a special teams coach, offensive line, there's a line, there's a secondary quarter, every position, there's a position coach. When whenever one of the position coaches' players goes down, he immediately goes to look for that next person up. And so when the position coach saw that he had an injury that looked like that, they should have automatically been looking for his replacement, and his replacement should have been there for the rest of the game. I'm, I, I don't let, let alone I, that, I let alone coach, that, Ray. Let, let alone that. Each, each NFL game doctors. has independent neurologists in the booth That's right. that is supposed to strictly be viewing and watching for those type of episodes. Yes. And it's supposed it is to be on the line with the field-level doctor making them aware of what just happened. So right. somewhere, several, several ways, several positions on down the line, uh, the ball was dropped, so to speak. And uh, there's no way uh, Monte Nicholson should have been allowed back in that game, period. Yeah, you can't, you, you can't defend that. I mean, I don't care. It's like it's, it's, it's going back to the visual, and you said episode, and that's a good way to explain that or certainly to try to describe to those who are listening. This was an, this was an episode, you know, and you said a neurologist. Certainly somebody could see that was a nervous, beyond a twitch, but it certainly was a, ner- it was a reaction to the contact, and that was a nerve thing. There was no doubt in my mind that that doctor should have taken him out. No, that, that, was a violent, that was a violent reaction to that collision, that his body, that episode, that's what that was. That was a violent reaction to that episode 
and uh, he should he should never. And if you're saying that this is the second time that's happened to him in the la- this season, that's a person that needs to be looked at thoroughly. And perhaps maybe uh, they may need to consider if he's going to play again this year or ever, because he's out of serious problems. I'm, I'm looking at the, the the Twitter feed of the Redskins and their statement on Twitter. And, you know, in here, you know, in 2017, you know, we have to reference Twitter, uh, the official, you know, team statement on his injury. Um, it says Monte Nicholson was was evaluated for a potential concussion and a shoulder injury, has been cleared of a concussion, and has returned to game. Yes, it has. A concussion is a bruise to your brain. How could someone see that violent reaction that his body had and say, no, 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 he doesn't have a concussion. He's cleared. Go ahead. No, that's it. I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you, and I I just think it was – it was uh, a total, uh, there was certainly some negligence there on the part of those folks in terms of what their roles and responsibility is to protect those players from harm and danger. Uh, this was a young man who was put back into um, a, a, a collision sport uh, and um, probably, you know, just further, certainly uh, put his, his body at, at further risk for that particular game. It looks like time is running out on us, but there was a couple things that uh, we got about uh, 30 seconds. I didn't get a chance to talk about uh, the uh, the meeting that the NFL, uh, Roger Goodell, had with some with some of the current players and, and also with D. Smith. And also uh, out of that, um, according to uh, reports on uh, ESPN, there was uh, a letter of support that was uh, – that uh, was signed, a uh, letter of support that was signed uh, where they were going to deal with some uh, issues relating to um, criminal justice reform that was signed by Roger and, and one of the players from the Seahawks. Uh, also, um, it was agreed upon or t- certainly discussed about some um, public announcements, um, PSAs to address some of the issues that players were concerned about. Uh, also uh, suggested that there might be a social activist boot camp uh, for the players in the off season, um, and uh, it seems like the players in, in the uh, in the league and the association is trying to come to some type of resolve. But um, our time is up, so I'm gonna have to check back in with everybody next week. Thanks for calling in, Will. This is Ray on the Voice America Network, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.